Hey guys, and welcome to Softball Nation Podcast. This episode's a little different than what we've done before, but I think it is very special and you guys will love it. I sat down with two retired powerhouse female athletes who I am very close with, and we talked about what swimming, skiing, and softball all have in common. They gave some really great and unique insights uh, for young female athletes. Trisha Markey was a five-time All-American nationally ranked swimmer. And Nicole Pelletier won multiple Junior Olympic titles, North American and international competitions, held a spot on the U.S. Ski Team Development Squad, and eventually won a National Collegiate Slalom Championship. I so enjoy talking to Trisha and Nicole, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You were talking about circumstance, Nicole, and, and how that how that played a big role in your career and how it affected you there are so many elements that can play into the perceived success of being an athlete and when I say that is um, you know I think you start out as a young athlete with as you should with anything big big dreams Um, and that's how people you know aim for a target Um, but a a lot of elements can come into play along the way um, in terms of uh, your support system that can be, you know, parents, of course, and family, um, having the right coaches, uh, teammates and communication. Um, it can be a lot to do with timing around the rest of your life with your school work and, and education and, and other, uh, activities. Um, and it can be, you know, the, I think the topic, you know, that came up when we were talking the other night, it has to do with, um, the circumstance of timing well so that you're, putting yourself in the position to succeed with your training, with your scheduling. And um, sometimes a little slice of luck doesn't hurt. And it's uh, been my experience that, you know, as an athlete myself and as a, a ski coach of junior athletes for a long time, of helping girls especially to understand that um, sometimes certain things are out of your hands. And I have, I have a saying that I love that is control the things you can. And that really applies to this sentiment because, uh, it's really something that comes down to, you can control what you do in the gym, right? You can control your diet. You can control your schedule to a point. Um, but there are variables that can come into play and it's learning to manage those that are out of your hands Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, and, and, and learning how that can keep you aimed towards the goals that you're chasing. I think what I got from Nicole was that you could, you can do all the right things. You can eat right. Mm-hmm. You can have the best coaches. You can actually even be the highest performer at a certain period of time. But when that certain period of time comes where it quote unquote matters, whether it's making a team, making the Olympics, something else could happen. And it's important that you love the process as much as you love the outcome that you're looking for. Yes. Because it's the 1% that actually make the team. I don't, you know, I don't know that anybody 100% loves everything about something they do in any endeavor, Mm -hmm. whether it's business or schoolwork or a sport, there's certain sides of it. You know, I'm sure you've had days like that. It's when, when I was coming up as a ski racer, there were times where it was pouring rain 
we, we used to train at night under the lights at, at sometimes. So you'd be freezing cold. It'd be, it'd be like raining on the brink of snow. You'd be soaking wet. You couldn't see anything. I didn't love that. <laughs> you know, I didn't always love being in the gym and, and punching through the workouts, but, mm-hmm. but you know, so what I'm saying is it's, it's, um, it's not always about like, man, is this so much fun or is it about the drive and the passion to, um, keep your inner motivation going. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's important to bring up, you know, as Trish just said, because, um, it has to do a lot with the process, not the outcome. Um, in my sport, there's this girl named Michaela Schifrin that I've, we've talked about, but her whole success, she's extremely, extremely successful at a very young age. And, uh, her whole deal and everybody is really analyzing it, but her whole, um, philosophy is about her focusing on her performance versus the outcome. Right. And, and, you know, because that takes care of itself, right? If you're, if you're focusing on what you're doing in that present moment, then the results are going to come mm-hmm. and that's just gravy. Yeah. Right. And in, in, in the case of so many athletes that, uh, go through every, you know, so many different, um, trials and tribulations, whether it's training snags, injuries, just bad timing of being, you know, you know, in my sport, if you crash out of a course, you're done for the day and you don't get a second chance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 90% of those people that, that, uh, I hope still come away feeling like they love it, even if they didn't win the race, Right. you know? So, yep. I think I like what Nicole just said there on wearing a, what Michaela does, which is spending, she probably has the discipline to, to focus on the performance and what she does every single day, knowing that the scoreboard will speak for itself. Right. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I struggled with, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had known. Right. Was Comes with that, experience though. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is with all the discipline that I had and showing up every single day. I mean, the reputation that I had on my team was that I never missed a day. Mm-hmm. That was me too. I never missed a day. Mm-hmm. Christmas, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, I was always there. But at the end of the day, it didn't quite matter that I was there Precisely. on Christmas. Yep. <laughs> it mattered what I did right. at the event. Right. And it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. And I think that, and we talked a little bit about too, the mental game of you can worry so, you can do so much in practice and if you don't have your head on straight at the moment that's yeah in time. It kind of, it's absolutely right <laughs> and it, it comes down to it's it's um it comes down to are you ready to perform when when the pressure's on right, right. and and i i know exactly what you're saying cuz i was very much that person mm-hmm. too and like i i i spent a lot of my youth being really worried about pleasing my coaches honestly and and kind of uh branding myself or whatever, creating this reputation as the workhorse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I think, I think it's, um, misinterpreted by junior athletes a lot that, uh, you know, with, without trying to unravel what I think is an important thing when, when adults say to junior athletes or any, anybody younger work as hard, you know, work at, at your dream and you'll get there. 
I think that's mm-hmm. awesome and it's motivating, but I think there's a lot of, um, components to that, that, uh, when you don't have the benefit of experience that only comes with age or talking to Mm -hmm. people and and absorbing some of this. Um, I think that can be really confusing for, for younger people Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, because I remember feeling like if I just work out harder than everyone else, if I just show up at training every single day when everybody else is cashing out or take that extra training run or whatever, Mm -hmm. did that ultimately make me the stronger competitor when it came down to race day, not necessarily mm-hmm. because sometimes what it's I know experience. now it's, it's, yeah, it's experience. But sometimes what I know now is knowing when to take the pressure off of yourself. Right. And girl, female athletes, I really see this with a lot as mm-hmm. we are pretty darn good at, um, trying to please a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a blanket thing. It's, it's individual case by case, right. you know, but so I don't mean to overgeneralize, but, um, I, I do think that, uh, I see a lot of it with female athletes is we're really eager to make everyone around us like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't always serve you well when yeah. it comes down to performance, right? right? right. It's, it kind of comes down to like, make sure you're enjoying it too. Yeah. Right. Charlotte, when you think about in your team, you know, there's always what's known as like the clutch hitter. Right. Um, what do you think they're doing in their head to, do, is it a valid label for someone to be a clutch hitter and, or a clutch person mm-hmm. or, and if they are, is it, do they have a strong mental game or is it the discipline that they do the same thing in practice as they do mm-hmm. in the game? Or do you see people that, you know, are totally different people from practice to yeah. I think what makes a clutch hitter is their ability to perform in a game as well as they do in practice and, and have that mental strength to be able to say, hey, this is my job. It's not an easy job, but it's being that dependable person. And I think that comes solely down to the mental game because, I mean, everybody can do it. It's who can do it in a game situation, and and that is completely mental. I think the, oh. what might be a different dynamic between skiing yeah. and swimming and softball is softball is dependent on... Is it nine? Hmm? Nine players? Yeah. Let me try that again. So the, I think well, the, the, the different dynamic between... <laughs> is it nine? <laughs> There's a different dynamic between a ski racer and a swimmer and a softball player in that mm-hmm. I would assume that skiing, as it is with swimming, is much more individual. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm racing yes. the clock. Yes. And that is yeah. my competitor. Yes. And you're even racing your own teammates. And you're racing right? your own teammates. Exactly right. And except support. for those occasions where there's a relay <clears throat> race or something like that. <clears throat> right. But in exactly. softball, that clutch player has to be, is the pressure must be even worse because mm-hmm. it's not just yourself that you're letting down. You're carrying the anchor. Right. You're carrying yeah. it for everyone. And I mean, sure. your, your clutch player isn't going to be your clutch player every game. Um, and, and that is part of a, having a great team dynamic is when your clutch player isn't clutch, somebody else has to step up. And, um, and that can be somebody different every game. Can I ask you a question? Like when it, when it comes to that person 
um, that, you know, is, is the one that seems to consistently be able to weather the pressure in a game situation. Do you see any consistency with personality traits on and off the field with those that seem to be able to, and, and what is it? Probably the people who are most confident in themselves and just trust that they have the ability to do it. I would say that people who have really put time into working on their mental game and making sure that, or just knowing themselves really, yeah. like what, what do I do under pressure? Um, might be something different than what my teammate does sure. under pressure. Putting in the work is really important, of course. Right. There's no doubt about that. Um, just like from table the, stakes. Yeah, and just from the physical, dis, you know, discipline and the mm-hmm. body awareness and all of those things, super important. But I think, I guess what I'm trying to, to relay is, is that I think it's equally so important to know when to take a big, deep breath from that mm-hmm. pressure that some of us are really great at putting on ourselves. Right. And knowing when to just let it flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, speaking in, in terms of ski racing, uh, there was a really famous skier that I came through with. Her name was Peekaboo Street, which I'm sure you remember. She was very famous mm-hmm. in pop culture at the time. Mm-hmm. You were pretty young, so I doubt you remember. But um, but she and I are the same age. Well, she's one year older than me, but we, we competed together for a long time. And her success was that she had this attitude of like on race day when it really came to it she would kind of come flying into the starting arena where we're all getting prepared and we're all Mm -hmm. kind of in this like headspace of like intensity right she kind of would for whatever reason it's like it worked for her she would kind of come in with shoulders shrugged and throw her jacket off hop in the gate and go and it's like she didn't overthink it right you know and that i'm not saying that Mm -hmm. works for everyone right but it was fascinating to Mm -hmm. see how successful she became by uh you know bodie miller is another big name in skiing that is like a national known name across a Mm -hmm. lot of sports but um they had a lot of success by being almost rebellious about not being over intense when it came to performance time. It's like they, it's like they trusted their training and they Mm -hmm. trusted their abilities and they just went, these are all the tools I'm going to have in my toolkit today. So Mm -hmm. let's let it fly. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's key to just say like, this is what I've got in my muscle memory right now. I've got to trust that when it, when it's time to perform, it's easy to get, really ramped up and hyped up because it's game day you're, mm-hmm. you're excited mm-hmm. there's adrenaline um but i think if you're able to kind of take a deep breath and relax and you know know that whatever you've trained for right. is what you've got today right that will help immensely because when you can calm your nerves like that you're you allow your body to do what it knows how to do exactly yeah precisely Visualization goes a really long way too, mm-hmm. um, which I, I assume I, I would hope that like in the coaching world, uh, you have some people running you through some scenarios where mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of positive visualize, visualization. I don't know if, mm-hmm. if you do or don't, but, um, yeah. but that's a really, really big one. You it's, see skiers do that too. Like when they're, before they yep. go down, they're like visualizing their race. Yeah. It's really, really huge. Especially for us in, in ski racing, it's like you have, you get to, uh, just, just to give you a quick little synapse of it is it's, uh, you get about half an hour to what's called inspection to side slip through the, the race course. Cause mm-hmm. it's different every time they give you about half an hour before the race 
to go and and take a really good look at different variables of terrain and what the snow conditions are like and where the the race course is set um so that and then after that process you go back around for your race run and you spend a whole lot of time playing that inspection phase Mm -hmm. through your mind so that you can prepare your body to be ready when it's coming at you quick right so, um, you know, in the case of softball, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's the same way when it's like when it's your turn up to bat or whatever, you want to yeah. be able to recreate what it's about is recreating uh, a scenario so it doesn't feel ominous and fresh right. and stressful. Yeah. It and feels like old hat. Right. And that's part of the challenge because especially in softball, there's so many different variables, so many different situations. And if you're able to put yourself through those. hmm in practice then when when it comes yeah. it's just very natural and i'm sure in skiing you know snow condition all these different variables mm-hmm. you've got to put yourself through them beforehand right and everybody and the other thing too is that um it's served me well to uh when i when i was a competitor but mm-hmm. also as a coach to to remember that everybody else is literally in your sport I always mm-hmm. say has the same playing field but literally yeah. in your sport it's like yeah. everybody else is dealing with those same weather conditions yeah. or light conditions with skiing or right. whatever so it's, it's like instead of being like how am I going to handle this it's like well as a collective everybody's got the same right. program going right. here so exactly. you know yeah exactly it takes a little pressure off Nicole yeah. let me ask you something can I just go back to the pressure thing for a mm-hmm. minute because this let me, let me tell you a scenario <laughs> that happened to me which was I love it I was always my best time of my life was done at eight o'clock at night at the University of Pennsylvania pool after the meet was over and I had one more shot to yep. to make it and it was me and my friend Patty huh. racing each other huh. and that is the fastest I ever saw <clears throat> because I always choked under pressure <laughs> and when a coach would tell me just go have fun with it and I would try to do that I would it would come off like I didn't care yeah yeah and I never I found that, that balance of I have all this work behind me. I know sure. I can stand on a block, and mm-hmm. nobody has trained the way I, I've trained. Sure. Yeah. But you how have do a lot I let invested that pressure in it. go yeah. without right. it being like, oh, I just out for a Sunday swim? Sure. And I never found that balance. Uh, I well, I, I, I'm the same way. You know, we were very much. Cut well, then from the we shouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wait a sec. No, but I think, but I think it's an important thing to bring up. You know, across the range of of um, developing athletes is. That, uh, you know, so I, I guess that's, you know, kind of at the center point of what I'm saying mm-hmm. is there's a time to to know that you have put in as wor- as much work and you have controlled as many of those potential variables as are in your hands. And then there's a time to trust in your ability and, and just right. have some faith in yourself to, mm-hmm. and to just take a big deep breath and, and visualize the most positive outcome and just keep driving that into your mind. And Mm -hmm. when I say, I'm not talking about necessarily, it's fun to imagine standing on the, on the podium or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. That's pretty cool, but that's the end result. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about visualizing the actual successful performance, feeling that power in swimming, feeling that powerful stroke, you know, or feeling the perfect hit Mm -hmm. or, perfect turn right. in my sport you know it's it's performance based so that you can tell your body your mind can tell your body what it needs to do when it is go time right like right? going by feeling mm-hmm. a great example in softball is a player named sis spates she has all of this work behind her but she's found that balance where she knows when she gets on the field 
she has trained and worked her butt off to get there. She has all the skills she needs. But when she's there, you know, she goes back to the reason she started playing the sport because it yeah. was fun and she loved it. For her, it, it just being kind of silly and having fun with her teammates, loving the the experience and just being on that field has really allowed her to make incredible plays and be clutch. Um, and that's just something to think about. Like, all the work's behind you, and now it's just time exactly. to do what you know how to do. And it sounds like she, because it's a team sport, mm-hmm. it sounds like she's pretty, it's probably more strategic than it comes off as. Right. But she is probably pretty great at creating some levity mm-hmm. across the team and shifting the energy yeah. if everybody's feeling a little right. gripped and right. freaked out. Right. It's kind of like, let's let's get down to why we're even doing this. Right. And exactly. it can take the pressure off to go, hey, trust trust what we already have ready to go. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I think it's something like different for everyone. Sure. Um, but she has such a presence on that team because I truly do think she... Um, just elevates spirits and she mm-hmm. takes pressure off from herself but her teammates too which is so powerful especially in a team sport that, that's, that's cool that's I like really that cool thing yeah she sounds cool I want to meet she this is. person <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I would ask Nicole one more question Nicole in your career what what are you most proud of what is Ooh, well you know what I'm most proud of and and this does apply like in my in my competitive career, which was a long time ago, by the way, mm-hmm. um, the skiing, I'm, I'm 46 and skiing, typically your career is wound up by 30. Um, so results wise, I'm proud I was a national slalom champion. So that was pretty cool. Co- collegiate slalom, mm-hmm. um, which is different than like the Olympic stuff right. and all that stuff. Um, but I was really proud of that. And I, I was the captain of my college team and all of that and brought them up to national championships. And that was pretty cool. Um, but bigger than that is my coaching career is how many girls, like you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Um, but really it's, it's been so important to me, like how many athletes, boys and girls alike, I have helped to fall in love with the sport and have, have, because it's the cool thing about skiing is it's a lifetime sport and it's Mm -hmm. a lifestyle sport and it's family driven too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, really gratifying to be a coach showing people how to enjoy something that means so much to me. So that's what I'm most proud of. What are you most proud of in your swimming career? My swimming career. Um, at the university of Pennsylvania, I swam my fastest time. I, um, that's cool. Yeah. I, I don't, Unfortunately, unlike Nicole, I don't attach. It's so long ago for me that yeah. that my three girls are probably what I'm most proud of right now. Do you think, Trish, did, do you have anything to say about how it created a foundation for the way you live your life? Yeah. I, you know, I was going to ask you what you regret most. Because like, I always... swimming was something so a part of you when you were younger. And then, I mean, Nicole has, you know like she said it's it's a lifestyle and it continues to be a lifestyle for mm-hmm. her but i wouldn't say swimming's still a lifestyle for you mm-hmm. but i'm sure it's created some sort of foundation for you yeah i think no i think question. if i ask if i cuz i go back a lot cuz i you know i did get a scholarship to college but then i left and i gave it up um and at the time i had regretted not being able to be a what I thought was a normal human being. Yeah, I get right? that. Because like, you're so hyper focused. Yeah, I get go, it. I totally get um, it. Go out with friends mm-hmm. or 
learn how to play tennis mm-hmm. or, you know, do anything else but swim with your face in the water. Yeah. Um, and so at the time, that's what I regretted. And then as I got older, I'm like, do I regret not finishing out? Um, and I think part of me regrets finishing out, not f- completing, because I am kind of a finish what you start yeah. person. But, you know, youth, you know, make you make decisions That's sometimes. interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it... That's probably what I regret, but what I'm very happy about is that yeah. I learned from it, and then hopefully I've stopped doing yeah. <laughs> doing that in my in my career. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something that has taught me work ethic, um, teaming, determination, getting up after communication you fall, too. Communication. Yeah, all of those things. Absolutely. And, it is, and I, I had wish I had learned the the lesson much younger, which is. You have to love the process. Yeah. And I don't know, and looking back, if I really love the process. I think I was a pleaser. Yeah. Right? My mom and dad just sacrificed so much to send me sure. to the best so school. So you feel the pressure. Yeah. You feel the pressure. Yeah. And, and I could never say no. Yeah. And I think I do want to add on to this real quick, because uh, Lindsay Vaughn, who is a really pretty famous female athlete, ski, mm-hmm. ski racer, she just retired recently, about two weeks ago, and she is the most accomplished female skier in history and she still said she was like she still felt like she left something out there um which is crazy I mean she's like won multiple gold medals and world championships and on and on like had this amazing career and yet she still felt like she had unfinished business and you talk to my sister happens to be a two-time Olympian she still feels like she never quite got where she wanted you could talk to so many pro athletes and I, you know, I maybe not a Tom Brady because, Mm -hmm. you know, but you never know. It's like, I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's what is the fire that drives being an athlete or being somebody that is just driven towards any kind of success is there's never a hundred, like once you do potentially reach, I'm just speculating, but perhaps by the time you do reach that satisfaction, it's time to be done. Yeah. You know? And, and, um, it was interesting to hear you say that Trish, because I, I don't know, a single high-performing person of actors, business people, athletes, any any endeavor mm-hmm. well, that don't feel like they still have more to do. Yeah, right. Because right? yeah. it's the passion of doing it. Right. Yeah. They love yeah. doing it. Yeah. I love it. I love talking to you about it. I know. It's pretty yeah. cool. Thank you guys. For yeah, I love it. Me about it. Cool. Oh, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Let me know what you thought about our guests, Trisha and Nicole, and about the topics discussed. Also, make sure to subscribe to Softball Nation on SoundCloud or iTunes, and let me know in the comments who you guys think should be our next guest. Thanks for listening.